Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? It's the Manchester Odyssey. I was just thinking this, and we've just had a conversation before we started recording this that is much better than anything that was on the previous episode we'd done, but we couldn't include it in the podcast. No, it's too, too salacious. It's really funny, though. Um, don't worry about it, though. It's the Manchester Odyssey. I have in my hand the 13th of November 1982 issue of Roy of the Rovers. Um, you haven't seen the cover. I'll show you it now on our WhatsApp video connection. It's the uh, it's Spurs oh, and Steve Liverpool. Oh, Steve Archibald. Yeah. Uh, Spurs and Liverpool. I liked him, in... even though he played for Spurs. I liked it when Spurs had Archibald and Crooks up front. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, Garth Crooks now is just seen as a, a laughing stock almost yeah. from the BBC. Yeah. Uh, but back then, he was a really good player. Crooks is on well, I well. saw him fall off a bike once in real Did life. You? Wow. Yeah. I was walking across Hammersmith Bridge and then someone, he's a fucking big unit now, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Garth Crooks suddenly cycled past and like, I can't remember how he came up, but he swerved to avoid someone stepping into the road and he came right off his bike. Jesus. So I've gone straight over. Now, I've met Garth Crooks a couple of times. I can't remember where, probably uh, Talk Sport or something, right? Yeah. Like, go, Garth, it's me, Sam. Well, it was like that because I've run over to help him and I went, hi, Garth. And he's like lying on the floor in his cycling gear and stuff. He went, oh, oh. I went, are you all right? And he went, oh, yeah, just a bit shaken up. And I helped him back to his feet. And then there was this awkward moment where I thought, he just thinks I'm a good Samaritan. Yeah. He doesn't realise that I'm a fellow broadcaster. Britain's top journalist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I went, so, uh, and I didn't know how to take it. He went, thanks a lot, mate. Thanks a lot. I think I'll be fine. I'll take it from here. Yeah, uh, I'll take it from here. Sure. Um, Garth, uh, fancy a coffee sometime? <laughs> <laughs> we can compare we can, notes on what it's like working in the industry. We can uh, compare media off. strategies. <laughs> yeah. What? Maybe some uh, co-production, some joint projects we could work on. <laughs> Garth and Sam's Funhouse, something like that. <laughs> footy Funhouse. <laughs> Garth and Sam's Footy Funhouse. <laughs> oh, my Look, God. Not now. My knee's bleeding. I need to get away. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, an amazing thing, right? To see Garth yeah. Crooks fall off a bike. Definitely. Fucking hell. Mm. Another gem from the Delaney archives. <laughs> I know, just incredible. <laughs> oh, you've got to get her to write a book at some point about all this, so please. The, be- the best but the best random celebrity encounter I've ever had, which is probably my most well-worn story, is when Robbie Williams, when I was quite young, 
Robbie mm. Williams was outside my flat and he just asked me for a lift. And I went, really? all right. Yeah, I must have told you this one. I, I mean, I've done this it. one. I've done it on Talk Sports. So many times it became a joke where people were like, oh, he's not rolling out the Robbie Williams story again. But basically, when I was living in Notting Hill, I was about 24 or something like that. And I came out of my flat in my football gear. I was going to Monday Night Five Aside. Mm. And I was getting out of this tiny little old um, Fiat Panda, the, the really old school ones, right? Mm. And I was just walking to that to drive around the corner to, to play my regular Monday night football match. And he go and I heard someone go, need any spares, mate? And I looked round. And <laughs> I, lived ne- I lived next door to a pub in Nine Hill, which was a sort of kind of trendy pub that you saw celebs in sometimes, right? Mm. So, And he'd obviously been in there. And I looked round. But this is when Robbie Williams was like angels. It was that era, right? He was like the yeah. number one fucking star in the country. It was soon after he'd released Angels. He was the biggest deal. And he was with two lads. And I went, what? I thought, who's this cheeky cunt? He went, need any spares? Where are you playing? And I went, under the Westway. And then I thought, fucking that's Robbie Williams. He goes, can we come? And I went, trying to play it cool and, and just being completely disorientated by what was happening. Yeah. And I went, no, nah, I think we're all right. I think we've got even sides. Right? <laughs> and he went, oh. And he looked a bit taken aback, but I hadn't said, yeah, all right. And he went, can you give us a lift to the to the Westbourne then, which was another pub around the corner. And I went, uh... All right. So yeah. I opened the fucking door, and before I fucking knew what was happening, these two mates of his got in the back, and he got in the front and just held his hand out, and he went, I'm Rob. <laughs> and I went, yeah, I know, I'm Sam. And then we just started driving. I I, <laughs> I, I was so disorientated, I went the wrong way. And so we were making sorts of shows, what do you do then? And I went, oh, I'm a journalist. I went from Asbury, and oh, fucking hell, I wouldn't have got in the car if I'd known that. <laughs> and then we're like talking about other things. I said, Where have you been? We just got back from Germany. We've been on tour. Well, so what's this game then? Does it happen every week? Do you ever need other people? And all of this, right? Yeah. And then after ages, he just goes, Anyway, where are we fucking going? You're fucking miles away from the pub. And he went, Are you trying to fucking kidnap me or something? And I went, Oh, no, sorry. I said, I just, to be honest, I've just got so confused that you're in my car. I just didn't know where I was driving to. <laughs> so in the end, I just drove him to the pub. Yeah. Dropped him off. He went, thanks a lot, mate. Might see you on Monday night one time. And yeah. I just couldn't believe it. And I got to the game and the game had already started. So I got onto the pitch and I just ran straight on to start defending a corner. Right. Mm. So like, you're on that side. So I ran over and someone goes to me, where have you been? Why are you late? And I said, it's really weird, but I ended up giving Robbie Williams a lift to the pub. <laughs> and as I said it, the bloke who was standing behind me at the corner just kicked me in the back of the knee. I don't know if that was a response to what I'd said or not, but... Honestly, I did, I've written that story in, in my book, Night of the Living Dad, because yeah. obviously since then, this was long before days I was at Heat or any of that stuff, right? Or was doing radio or anything. But nothing has compared to that celebrity encounter because he was so famous and it was so strange that yeah. he was just outside my house and he just randomly asked me for it. It was because it was raining. That was it. He said, oh, it's raining. Give us a lift. And he'd I just gave him a dismayed. fucking lift to the pub. He'd have been dismayed that he wouldn't let him play football as well because he probably did that, done that sort of thing all the time. He's like, I'm Robbie Williams. I go around having adventures. I just ask yeah, people yeah. to do stuff and they do them because I'm Robbie Williams. And I, I, did, I, did, I was left wishing. I said, of course yeah, you can yeah. come. Yeah, but I did end up. There were, you know, the 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 uh, what do you call it? The epilogue to the story is about a year or two later at these pitches. That anyone who's ever played five aside in London or know them, they're the pitches under the Westway, 
and uh, they, you know, they're, they're quite well known. Five, it's quite a well known sort of set of five side pitches. And he he was there one week, and he was with right. some other blokes who I vaguely knew, and we ended up playing against them. Right, and he did, he didn't remember me. Obviously, there was no like, all right, Rob, remember me, right? Yeah, yeah. We were just playing against him, and he was very good at football. Yeah, but there was a bit where at least once a week, these pitches are in the middle of an estate, right underneath the Westway, and once a week, a ball goes over the fence, and whoever <laughs> kicks it has, has to, to basically climb yeah. over the fence, right? And that's just the rule. And he yeah. fucking kicked it over. And you've either got to climb over or you can run out of the cage that you're in and run all yeah. the way round. Often through quite dark, scary bits of this quite rough estate, right? Yeah. And he did it. And everyone just stopped and looked at him. And he knew what the rule was. But he was like, I'm Robbie Williams, I mean. Yeah. I'm like, really? I might get And injured. in the end, and there was just a long pause where no one knew what to say. And one of his mates just went, don't worry, I'll get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think fair enough, mate. If I was yeah. as rich and famous as you, I'd stop going to get the ball. Well, yeah, it's like Mark King and he's fucking insured thumbs, isn't it? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, because yeah, he did dancing thumbs. and all that. Rob Williams did, did dancing and all of that stuff, so he couldn't be yeah. injuring his ankle. Exactly. So, yeah, picture of Garth Crooks there on the front cover of Roy the Rovers this week. <laughs> <laughs> what else does it promise us? It says, enter our super competition today and it's win two tickets for the Milk Cup final and a year's supply of milk. You don't get that anymore in competitions, oh, do you? A year's supply of something. Supply used to be all the thing, didn't it? Yeah, a year's a fucking whole year. Imagine that. Because you'd always think you'd get it it just in one go, wouldn't you? That's how you'd imagine it when you were a kid. You'd think, oh, they're going yeah, to get a year's supply of milk. Well, they're going to drop it off. Full of milk. And yeah. it, but I'd be like this. Who decides what a year's supply of milk is? You don't know how much milk I drink. Yeah, exactly. Different people have different milk needs, don't they? <laughs> of course they do. A year's supply of milk for me would actually not be that much. I just use a dash of skimmed in my tea. Yeah, so maybe two four-litre bottles get you through a year. <laughs> yeah, possibly, especially if you keep it frozen when you go on holiday, which I do. Do you? Um, what? Freeze. If, there's, if there's any milk left in the fridge and I'm going away, I pick right. this up from my mother-in-law. Um, you want a cup of tea when you come back, but you often you come back to a milkless house, don't you? you do. Yeah. And is there anything worse than a milkless house when you come That's home not, from? But no. yeah, what you know? But do you not normally just call in somewhere to get some fresh milk on the way back from holiday? That's what uh, I was sometimes doing. I'm just tired, or you might get yeah. a flight back. So if you've been abroad and it's like Another late night. and you just can't be yeah. asked, I put the milk in the freezer, mm-hmm. and then when you come home, you just defrost the fucking milk, and you're good to go, mate. How do you defrost the milk in the microwave? You can microwave it, yeah. Do you do you not just put enough milk for your cup of tea in a cup and then put the cup in the freezer and then you can pour the boiling water onto it <laughs> no, when you come back and that'll defrost might it? Need tea. And my kids both have really well, milky tea. Give them a tea. cup each. Put a cup each in the freezer. Four cups. Everyone get your milky cup ready. Freeze your milk before we go on holiday. <laughs> come on, gather round. <laughs> it's a tradition. Everyone get their milky cup. Into the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Delaney family tradition. But there's so we can all have our tea when we get home. There's not enough room in the freezer for it. Well, take that sea bass out. Put it in the bin. <laughs> wow, there's four boxes of birds and potato waffles. And two of the boxes only have one waffle in, which makes no sense. 
Get rid of them. Get the milky cups in the freezer, and then you come back two weeks later and you've been stinking a sea bass. But you've got your milky <laughs> cup. Fuck. Fucking hell, who put that sea bass there? You <laughs> told us to, Father. I don't remember that. <laughs> to make room for the milky cups. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, well, a bit of life logistics for you there. Freeze your milk before you go on holiday. Talk, talking of um, <clears throat> competitions where you give away generic foodstuffs or, or mm. whatever, just just real brief, not to do another thing that's like the Robbie Williams thing, but one of the things I did... No, when I, it's all right, it, it's fine, because th- this week's Roy the Rover story is quite thin on detail, so it's, it's well, good. Well, just quickly, because this is something I'm actually really proud of. When I was um, in <clears> charge <throat> of Heat, the, one of the things that would be in my top three or four things I'm proud of that I did editorially there was when, uh, you'll remember... Um, I'm sure that Lady Gaga turned up at the MTV Awards dressed mm. in a dress made out of raw meat. Do you remember that? A meat dress, yeah. Superb. <clears throat> so on the cover, not as the main cover thing, but as a big sort of ad thing on the cover there, it's yeah. me, I said, win Lady Gaga's MTV oh, dress. Oh, brilliant. And yeah. then we did a competition. I can't remember yet to answer Christian. And basically we had the picture analyse worked out exactly how yeah. much meat and what cuts were there. I think I got a butcher to look By at a it. professor of butchery. Yeah. And then <laughs> the winner of the competition, we got that amount of meat and just sent yeah, it yeah. to them. But not made in dress form. We go, well, you can assemble the dress yourself, but here's the meat. And I just thought, <laughs> I loved it that this was really a magazine for teenage girls, but I'd managed to contrive a reason to give away a fucking tonne of fresh meat. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to sew it all together yourself. Oh, we've got a sewing kit. We're not going to do it. It's like it's like when you go to Ikea. You don't get the old fucking <laughs> unit sent. You get an Allen key. We'll send you an Allen key. Put the meat together yourself. We don't even know what size you are. You might be big, you might be a bigger unit than Gaga. In which case, you can save on a couple of chops and cook them and eat them. I'm looking at this. This is the Milk Cup final. It's the 1982 Milk Cup final on the front cover, but... You can win tickets for the Mill Cup final, which I guess is the one next year, which is about fucking four months, four or five months away. So there's obviously a lot of planning goes into it. But um, <clears throat> would you want? Would you like to um, listen to the questions for the competition? Yeah. See if you can do Always. them. Number one, name the two clubs taking part in the 1982 final. I'll give you a clue. They Milk were in Cup that final. picture that I showed you. Yeah. Oh, it was in the picture. It was in that picture I showed you, yeah. Ah, well, I saw Tottenham, but I can't remember who they were playing, so I will guess and say Liverpool. Correct, yeah. Mm. What was the result? It's got to have been a Liverpool victory, so I'll say 2-1 Liverpool. I think it was 2-1 Liverpool as well, but I don't know because I haven't got the answers here. We've got Mm. to send the thing off. Tottenham definitely didn't win it. No, they didn't. And then there's three players to identify. We'll not do that. Um, Which player on the winning side scored two goals? Ian Rash. Yeah, I reckon so. When did the Milk Cup first come into existence? 1980, 1981 or 1982? 82. <clears throat> I think it was No, I know that because I'm West Ham sure. got to the final in 81 and was lost that to Milk Liverpool. Cup? And it wasn't called the Milk Cup then. Oh, well, well I'll take, yeah. take your knowledge there then. And then um, there's a tiebreaker. Do you remember them? And it says, complete in not more than 12 words. I think my team has got a lot of bottle, which of course was the Milk Slogan mm. at the time, wasn't it? Milk has got a lot of bottle. 
everything nice in, cold that, ice cold it, milk well, everything in, in the 80s was happily based on just hooliganism yeah do you know what strength, I mean they got the weight a bit skinheads yeah right you got Georgia Hofmeister Bear who I always liked but let's be honest he was quite rough yeah do you know what I mean you had you had the honey monster who was a monster he was just you fucking know. mad he was certainly quite working class I think he would smash you up <laughs> He'd smash the fuck out of you, no problem. Just fucking bowling around Big your hands. ass, smashing everything up. <laughs> everything was based, like, it was aspirational, weirdly, yeah. to be a hooligan. Yeah. Um, Different now, different times. And, of course, there was all lead in the petrol as well, wasn't it? We blame it on that. Yeah. Although someone sent us a link to say that that's not actually true. It's uh, It's been disproven, but fuck that. What? We'll stick the with fucking, it. The thing what, about the lead, lead in the petrol. Yeah, lead lamp Lampard got in touch. Actually, lamp, yeah. you're incorrect about lead in petrol. <laughs> so if you were fighting in car parts, that's your own issue, not that of the petroleum industries. Thank you, good day. <laughs> that theory has been well and truly debunked. <laughs> Fuck off. I hope you feel foolish now. You suddenly look it. <laughs> yeah, lead Lampard. Uh, anyway, Roy the Rovers. We into the story. Uh, it begins, it says, Roy's search for new talent to replace three injured players include Andy Locke, a youngster who'd been invited to Manchester's ground for a trial, but he was mistaken for an autograph hunter by some high-spirited Melchester apprentices. And, you know, it, it got a bit tasty at the end of the last episode because they were they were going to try and sell Andy Locke their autograph, weren't they? They said, you can have mine for one pound. Then another one of them said, you can have mine for three pound. Another one said, I'll chuck in a photograph. Now look what's going on. Two of them have got hold of Locke by his arms. The other one's got hold of him by his legs. And they're just swinging him round. Outside Melchester's ground. This is, these are apprentice footballers. This looks with a someone bit who racial. they believe to be a fan. If you're a passerby, to be honest, especially in this era which, as we've just discussed, was rife with hooliganism. Yeah. You'd think, is this racial? Because this is a young black lad and there's three white lads who, who have picked him up and he's shouting, let me go, and they're just fucking swinging him about. Yeah. Well, maybe those three players are racist, I don't know. Well, we're going to find out, hopefully. We are. I'm not saying uh, hopefully they're racist, but hopefully they're gonna, Roy's going to get to the bottom. Hey, 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 are you lads racist? <laughs> no, Roy. Hope this isn't a racist. Well, this, it looks like it could be a racist attack. No, it's just an attack. All right, well, crack on then. Regular attack. We see no colour. <laughs> All Fine, we see is on, violence. Crack, crack on. on. Milk's got a lot of bottle, and so have you, lads. <laughs> Jalapeño. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. Right, jumps out of his fucking car. Intervened in all of this, and look at what he says. Robertson Jennings, what in thunder's name do you think you're doing? <laughs> what in thunder's name? Oh man, obviously, by the power of grace, Scott, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is this? 
What in thunder's name do you think you're doing? Thunder and all of the other gods of the weather. <laughs> oh, I've got space to, t- to pronounce their names at this time. Um, and Andy Locke's going, Ah, let me go! And one of the apprentices just says, Hi, boss. What? <laughs> no, he doesn't even care. All right? Yeah. Just swinging some lad around. Oh, that's what he street. says. That's what he says in the next frame. He says, We were just having a joke with this guy and he got a bit stroppy. So you're going to bump a little good humour into him, eh? I think Roy is suggested they were going to bum him. Uh, um, hey, are you lads going to bum this bloke? You're taking him inside. <laughs> no, you're going to bum him. You, I, I can tell that's what you're planning. No, no, Roy, we're not. Where'd you get that from? It's disgusting. What are you going to do? Have, are you going to are you going to grease him up first, or are you just going to go in dry? Have you what? <laughs> <laughs> have you been having some one-to-one sessions with Blackie? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't right. But I suppose boys will be boys, so just I'm gonna let, let you. Out. Go, I'm gonna let you this time do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let nature take its course. <laughs> it's like the cameraman on the Attenborough documentaries. You can't intervene. You got to let nature do what it does. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, there's that big industrial bin round the corner. You can take it behind that. Do it in there. Trust me. <laughs> I know. Don't ask me how I know, but it's decent, decent space for bombing. <laughs> A punishment bumming. No, well, he doesn't. Of course he doesn't, Roy. He says, uh, well, I'm afraid I wouldn't find that very funny. Not when it concerns someone who was here at my invitation. And they all go, what? And they all let go of Andy Locke's limbs at the same time and he falls to the ground. He goes, yeah! (laughs) And then Andy Locke leapt up furiously. He's got his fist clenched. And he said, why, you oh. rotten bunch of... But Roy steps in, gets in between them, and he says, all right, lad, that's enough. The joke's over. I mean, again, that third apprentice on the right with the dark hair. Sam, what age would mm. you put him at? 50. <laughs> 50, yes. Do you know he looks like? He looks exactly like... Who's that bloke John Shuttleworth? Yeah, with his brown leather jacket on. Yeah. tan jacket. Yeah. Oh, fuck it, hell. Yeah. 50. And, I, and the apprentices all run away and he's saying, that's for you lot, move! You've got just five minutes to report on the head groundsman. And say, oh, okay, boss, we're going. So, um, yeah, we've plenty of time for punishment bombings after training. I'll see you three Not afterwards. <laughs> It'll be me, Blackie, and Duncan Mackay. Yeah, that's right. You heard. That's Duncan right. Big Cock Mackay. I'm going to give Mackay a run out on you, lads. <laughs> Keep and you'll fucking know. You'll know you've been spoken to then. Trust me. <laughs> so Roy puts his hand on Andy Locke's shoulder and says, Now then, Andy, I wouldn't call this a very promising start. Uh, Andy Locke. You know, he's not taking it with any kind of humour at all. He says, they they shouldn't have made fun of me. All that rubbish about selling me their autographs. Um, because we know that Andy Locke has edge. He's got attitude. He's got an attitude problem. So we'll see if he's going to fit in at Melchester or not. Um, Rose has got a big grin on his face. He just says, turns away grinning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shut whatever, up, cunt. No one cares. <laughs> Fucking calm down. He says, uh, you'll be getting plenty of rubbish like that. It'll be, you'll be expected to take it with good grace. That's assuming you join the staff, of course. <laughs> staff. 
<laughs> he says, oh, okay, I get the picture. Oh, well, th- then Locke gets fucking angry again. He says, I should have known you weren't serious about signing me on. Fucking hell, get rid of him now. Uh, and Roy just looks really smug and says, that's what you think, son, there's no more to be said. But if you want a chance to play for Melchester, you better get changed and report on the training ground. It's entirely up to you. So, uh, there we go. Um, Cut to 20 minutes later in the Melchester training complex. Roy's there with Blackie uh, in the background and Vernon Elliott's doing a bit of training on his uh, his injured leg. In the background there, there's a goal painted on the wall divided into rectangles and each rectangle's got a number on. So I guess you get points for uh, scoring yeah. a goal in each position. That's, yeah. that's very good. They used to have them painted on playground walls sometimes. Yeah, yeah, not seen them for a long time. I, I used to see them think like that. I'd just walk past. I'm thinking there was one in our playground. I'd walk past it, like, "What the fuck's that for? What am I supposed <laughs> to do with that?" Say to Ed Master, "Yeah, sir, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that?" <laughs> I would have thought that was quite self-evident, to lady. But it fucking isn't. That's why I'm asking. Bunch what of fucking it? numbers written all muddled up on a wall. It's fucking annoying. Is it some kind of puzzle? Or am I supposed <laughs> to work it out? Nothing designed to make me feel thick, is it? <laughs> Belittle me. No, it's supposed to. It's supposed to help you enjoy your playtimes. So, oh yeah, you can team up Sounds with a friend right. and you can play against each other and see who gets the highest score. It's very simple. I don't get it. <laughs> don't make any I don't sense. get it. It's annoying me and it starts to give me a blinder behind the nut. And you are as well. I'm you off. Fucking pompous well, I'm, mug. I'm writing this day off. I can't do this. I'm going. I'm going home. I'm going home. <laughs> Tell my teacher that I'll be in tomorrow if I feel like it. <laughs> Very well, I'm, the lady. I've got to go. I've got to go. Bring me social worker. <laughs> I'll go down, have a cup of tea, and a lie down. Get the social worker around. Have a little chin wag. See if I can get my demons set. But they'll all be fucking social services. Will be hearing about this puzzle you painted on that wall. <laughs> and the I'll effect it's had on my self-esteem. Uh, as, as, as it stands at the moment, I'll prepare to come back tomorrow, but we'll probably just go through this whole fucking this whole charade once again. When I thing. come back, I want that scrubbed off. I don't want to see it again, do you hear? <laughs> I want a regular girl put in there. You can draw a net on if you want. I don't mind that, but draw, that's ridiculous. Want, draw a fucking goalie if you want. That might be quite good, but no more fucking numbers. Stupid. <laughs> Stressing me out. No one scores a goal and gets free in real uh, football. We get one. Goals are fucking goal, mate. They all count. <laughs> anyway, see you later. Ta-da. Be lucky. God bless. <laughs> Goodbye, Sam. <laughs> Weary resignation. Here we go again. <laughs> Do you mind if I take that copy of the Racing Post off your desk? Only I like to have something to read when I'm doing this shit. <laughs> I don't do great big shit when I get home. Because sometimes uh, my social worker says that I fit, I get all it up and stressed and I don't know why. And she says, sometimes you just go for a shit and you feel better. It's true. You do. Lightens the load in more ways than yeah. one. Yeah, so I'm going to do that. And obviously, no one shits at school, do they? <laughs> Who's ever done a shit at school? Voluntarily, I mean. Figures. No one. 
anyone that does, you fucking know about it because the cunt never flush it, do they? They just leave it there. <laughs> of course not. Fucking cunts. <laughs> Fucking true that, isn't it? Why doesn't no, yeah. no one does a shit at school, but there's always one cunt who does and never flushes. Yeah, and doesn't flush it. True. Um, yeah. So Vernon is gingerly pacing around. Uh, and Roy said, "Easy now, Vernon. Just concentrate on warming up before we really put that muscle to the test." <laughs> and Vernon just goes, "Ah!" He hasn't even fucking started putting it to the test. He's only warming up. And Royce, uh, Blackie says, Oh, you sly, it's gone again! <clears throat> Vernon Elliott had been accidentally injured by excited fans while playing cricket for the Rovers. Uh, and Vernon says, Roy, it's never going to heal properly. And you know it. I I guess I'm finished with football. Oh, Fucking no. Hell. It's a bit overdramatic, isn't it? Jesus mm. Christ. What did he do? They were carrying him round, weren't they? The fans, and they dropped him. Like when... Um, we going back moral. to the cricket now. Yeah, not still the cricket, the cricket. It's a cricket injury now. But that's still not fucked from that. This is Roy. Roy should be, should have been sacked for this. Yeah. For the whole cricket I mean, thing. Although this is November, and that was in the summer, and Melchester have played what two league games so far, and it's November. <clears throat> that can't get me head around this, but uh, yeah, Vernon thinks he's finished with football. Um, and Roy says that has to be the biggest piece of nonsense I've ever heard Vernon there will always be a place for you in the Manchester setup. I mean for example I can get you to hose down that industrial bin around the corner where all the punishment <laughs> bummies take place I'll get you a job doing that of, two days a week all sorts of weird fluids nothing you can't <laughs> handle though you're a big Holy lad shit. got your eyes open you've been I round mean, there I once or twice yourself to- I believe I won't go into details. I mean, you know, to summarise, it's mainly shit and spunk. But, you know, <laughs> nothing you wouldn't have uh, seen before, I'm sure. But that's not my business. The point is, there'll always be work for you here. <laughs> Some kind of work or other. Uh, he says, yeah, then he says, you can start by organising your own benefit match. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's writing Jeez. him off. He's writing him off. Before no, we like send you to of, the fucking glue factory. Yeah, it's not like uh, yeah, well, we will do whatever it takes, Vernon, to get you back on that football field. There is no surgeon or doctor or physio or medical man anywhere on the planet that cannot help you. We will sort it out. But he's no, he's like, well, you can sort out your benefit match. Do it yourself, though. I'm not getting involved. Oh, I've, I've got enough <laughs> on my plate. <laughs> fucking hell. And then Blackie says, Hey, Roy, who's this? Um, Roy quite rightly thinks you've got a short memory Blackie <laughs> that's Andy Locke <laughs> you were there when I burst into the dressing room and tried to steal him from that other team the other week you're fucking I, I tell Thursday you what, night. Blackie your fucking knot has gone to shit it's hardly surprising <laughs> uh, that's Andy Locke it could be Vernon's natural replacement I don't know if he said that because they're both black I hope not mm. Uh, a future star of Belchester Rovers. And um, Andy's doing some keepy-uppies on his head, feet and everything. But And then behind him, there's another goal and it's got a target um, painted on it. Bullseye target. And uh, Locke swivels and volleys it right into the bullseye. And Roy thinks, oh, maybe 
Just another kid who thinks he knows it all. We're about to find out. Oh. We are about to find out. Well, we're not about to find out. We'll find out next week. And as it says underneath, and if you want to find out more, see next week's episode. And then there's the tiny, tiny box for your marks out of 10, which has shrunk over the months. Mm. So they're obviously um, not expecting a 10 this week because you couldn't fit a 10 not. in. You'd struggle to fit in one of the fatter numbers, such as the eight. Yes, yeah. Um, I'm going to give that... I'm going to give that a fucking eight. I don't think we've ever had anything less than an eight before, but I'll give that an eight. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, And the eight's one of the best numbers because it looks sexy, doesn't it? It's a sexy number, isn't it, the number eight? It's like a ripe woman. Oh, mm. me and uh, Lem were having a chat the other day about what the best bit of the alphabet but was. And we both what agreed. the best bit of a woman is. Yeah, <laughs> definitely the ass. No, it's got to be the tits. <laughs> well, it's definitely one of those two, unless you count in the fanny, but no, I'd still say tits. Um, <laughs> no, the best bit of the alphabet, and we both agreed, it's fucking LMNP. That's brilliant, isn't it? It's the, it's, the sweet, it's the bit you look forward to most when you're saying it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like ABC, fucking boring. And then you get to that bit. Element of P. Yeah. Fucking great. Could say it all Easy day, to mate. remember. Mm. Um, on the Roy Race talking page, a bit of controversy. Um, Marks made his mark, it says. And from Willington, Shropshire, John Moole writes, I've compiled the following chart to show who I think is best footballer in Roy of the Rovers. Mm. And he's done... Uh, Speed, skill, ball control, tackling and shooting for the following players. Kenny Logan, Dan Wayne, Johnny Dexter, Terry Marks, Blackie Gray, Steve Marks, Tommy Barnes, Roy Race, Kevin Mouse and Mark Hammer. Who's the fuck's Mark Hammer? Which story is he in? Well, it's just stupid because fucking Roy Race is probably the dead one. Roy Race is obviously going to be top on everything, isn't he? Um, just another look rather than... Look through the comic itself. Mark Hammer, Roy of the Rose. I can't find any reference to him. Oh, he's in Durrell's Palace. Mark Hammer. Uh, and he's an attacking midf- midfielder or centre forward. 82, 83, 18 years old. Right, so, and for some reason, John Moole has given Mark Hammer top marks. He's got 45 points out of 50. Kevin Mouse comes second with 43. Roy Race is third with 42. Once again, Roy has been fucking cunted off by one of his own readers. And he's put it in the comic. for publishing it, though. He does this all the time. It's like with the foreign thing where they slag him off. They really yeah. slag him off and he prints it and gives them three quid. He's done it play. again. Shows I'm a big enough man. Don't don't give it a moment's <laughs> yeah. fucking. Yeah. It doesn't give me a moment's bother. I could not give a fuck. In fact, <laughs> I'll print it just to prove that. I'll give you the three. The funny quid. thing is, you obviously think I spend a lot of time thinking about me, which is ironic because I have never thought about you in my life for more than one What's second. John Mouse, John Moore. <laughs> yeah, whatever, mate. Whatever you think, I don't care. Good luck to you. I wish you you've, all the best in your future endeavours. You've given me one mark less than a fucking fat little fuck who works in an hospital and has his glasses taped to his forehead when he plays football. 
Fine. I don't, I don't care. I'm Roy fucking Race. Uh, the fucking... End of the day, mate, the paper is named after me. It's my name on the fucking door, yeah? <laughs> so he's done that. He sent that chart in and Roy's printed it. And then Roy says, I know what's going to happen, pals. So I look forward to you receiving your letters and phone calls, agreeing or disagreeing with John Moole. <laughs> That's his name. Probably in the phone directory. Quite an unusual surname. Uh, as I've said, he's from Wellington in Shropshire. If you want to have a look for Moole in Wellington in Shropshire, I've had a look. There's only two of them. So you can probably find out where he lives quite easily. <laughs> you can do the rest. <laughs> I'll leave it up to you, lads. My hands will be clean. <laughs> so there we go that's it from this one and next week we've got uh, what happens next with Andy Locke and we've also got uh, an advert an anti-smoking advert which features Nick Oteen remember him oh I remember that but oh, I can't wait for that yeah that's coming up next week I remember that dickhead um, yeah so there we go thanks for listening everyone uh, TTFN fuck off up yours When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.